So, Brenda, who's your chanclazo going to? Well, if I could throw a permanent chanclazo to, I think it would be to the apathetic voter because um, <laughs> are you afraid for your life right now? Because half of the country is. I know, right? You know what, too, though? Like, I think it would be so great to actually throw, like, a chanclazo through text messaging. Yeah, okay. So, like, what if you're in, like, a, a, one of these, like, crazy group texts that just keep going and going and going? I know. I would love to throw a chancla to the group texter. Is there a way for me to do that? Well, guess what? There is a way for me to throw yes. a chancla? How? Yes. Thankfully, the Tortilla Factory came along. For what those, is the Tortilla Factory? Well, for those of you guys who don't know, the Tortilla Factory is an app on iPhone, on iOS, and you download it, and guess what? Do you get tortillas? You also get not only tortillas, elotes? you get elotes, you get pan dulce, you get paletas, and you get taco trucks, and chanclas. Now, okay, great. So this is a way for me to send stickers to my friends yes. of images that I want to send. Exactly. Of I images love that it. Make sense. And you know what? Our chanclazos are branded and they look so beautiful. What do you mean branded? Tamarindo? Yes! What? It has our tamarindo colors and everything. And even matracas too. Matraca for that! Well, this is great. So again, this is Tortilla Factory. Yes. People can find it for iOS. Yes. You can throw chanclazos to whoever you want. And you can throw matracas. So I think I have a matraca for that. Matraca! Podcast is your host, Luis Octavio and Brenda Gonzalez, and we are your socially conscious talk show with a Latino vibe. We are amigos talking politics, food, music, and life. Welcome! All right, we are back in El Estudio. We've released a couple of microcasts, which I hope you have checked out, and we'll probably do a couple of those in between our studio sessions. Yes. But uh, this is our Oaxaca travel episode. This is, right now, Luis and I, this is post the election, but what you're going to hear is <laughs> before pre the election. <laughs> so, um, and we've had a chance to, we had our ele election special episode. We also had a couple of uh, uh, commentary about the election in that last episode. So, we all have heard about the goddamn election. <laughs> Brenda, be, I thought it'll you. Be, it'll be I did not hear from you from like three days I after was in that. Depression. Like, um, and I'm not I was you worried. Know, yeah, it's it's serious and scary times, and and I like I've sh shared before, it'll probably continue to be a theme on the show. But we couldn't delay bringing to you the Oaxaca special episode. Un poquito de joy. Yeah. So we were so excited. Luis and I had a chance to connect in, in Oaxaca. We experimented. Checking in with our fans and telling you a little bit of what we were doing there. So you're going to hear all of that. And um, we hope that you enjoy. And we want to really hear your thoughts. Don't forget to con connect with us. Write us your an, e an email, dominatingthepodcast at gmail.com. Send us a note. Direct message on Instagram. All that stuff. Yes. So let's kick it away with our Oaxaca travel special. 
Luis, um, we are here in Oaxaca. We're, what are we about to do? Oh my God, we're about to have some great food. I just ordered some chocolate con agua, and uh, I think I'm going to get some frijoladas. You hear that? You hear the music? Yeah. Can, can you tell, tell uh, our listeners what we're doing here in the Mercado? What do you see? Well, we see a lot of different food vendors, and there's a marimba playing in the background, which is awesome. And um, somebody just asked us for some money for musica, <laughs> which is great. Let me see. Can, and right now, Luis is going to give uh, the marimba player a little bit of money. He, he he just got his order from the Mercado here in Oaxaca. He's having some chocolate with a pan de muerto. It's very cool. We're going to take some pictures. If you're listening to this, you probably already saw the pictures if you're following us on all of our social media platforms. But we hope to bring this uh, travel experience to you with our travel mic. And our first stop here, the Mercado. Okay, Luis, um, I want to. You just arrived yes. here in Oaxaca, and I've been here for a couple of days. And I wanted. I thought it might be interesting for you to hear. What <laughs> um, I just want to. I want to share with you um, what it was walking down the uh, Zócalo, the main square, on November first, which uh-huh. is the day you know, Dia de los Muertos. And a couple of things that I noticed. One is that I saw a lot of lot of lot of little kids November first. So this is past Halloween. Uh-huh. A lot of little Mexican kids wearing Halloween costumes. So I saw mom. I saw, um, I saw the witch from from um, Alice in Wonderland. I saw all kinds of little Halloween costumes. So that, I thought that was interesting. Have you ever been here for Dia de los Muertos to see children in Halloween costumes? You know what? I haven't been uh, in Mexico for Dia de los Muertos or Halloween. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned that because I actually wanted to bring that up in our in this episode. Um, Mexico City actually just had their first annual Dia de los Muertos uh, parade. That's right. We were there for that. We got the t- end of that. So I was oh, in Mexico City for no that way. as well. Oh, that's so great. Well, that was actually inspired by the, the um, James Bond 007, the movie, and they actually used the same props. The people from the movie actually donated those props out there. But uh, I was listening to Chilango Podcast, which we now know that I'm, like, hooked on it. And they were men- they were asking people to come dressed in, like, Halloween costumes too, which was... Yeah, so I'm kind of seeing it everywhere. So the... the <laughs> is, it, is it cultural appropriation if Mexicanos are dressing like Halloween? <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was thinking, right? Like, here we are in Los Estados Unidos, like, saying, do not dress as, you know, yeah. Katrina or whatever, and then here, it seems like they're, le- they're they're asking people to come dressed in costumes. Yeah, I mean, that was in Mexico City, but without any, any request from the government, like, I think people here in Oaxaca, which is several hours away, are, you know, they're also there's a blending of the holidays, which, in my opinion, I think is totally normal. There's a, I mean, we're we're such close neighbors. Right. We can't expect not to be crossing cultures. In fact, I mean, we're, Mexicans are so lucky because, for instance, for for Christmas, I get Santa and I get Los Reyes Magos. <laughs> I know. I love that, too. Man, it's that Mexican privilege. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. So I will stop talking to you about socially conscious issues and let's enjoy <laughs> our breakfast here in Oaxaca. See, let's enjoy it. We're about to have some great breakfast and then we're going to go walk around. And where are we going to go to? I think Tula and um, the pueblo where the alebrijes are from. Um, also, the pueblo where Barro Negro is from, and uh, we'll promise we'll learn the names, but we're trying to get some more information. Yeah, we'll, we'll go, we'll record as we go so you can get the experience, and this will be our first travel podcast on the road in Oaxaca.
I'm noticing here, Luisa, everywhere in Oaxaca, I'm, I'm, I'm really familiar with the diplapan de muertos. It looks like a pile of bones. But here in Oaxaca, I'm seeing something different. It's like a, a round torta. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, yummy sweet bread and then there's like a little face a little face sometimes they're blonde sometimes they have blue hair all kinds of different color hair but it's a one face per bread just emerging from the bread what does that look like to you? I mean that looks like a zombie or something that could be like a like a Oaxacan dead Oaxacan dead <laughs> That's so funny. Yes, Oaxacan dead. <laughs> we'll take some pictures of it and, and put it on our Instagram so everybody can see. Yeah, the Oaxacan dead, pan de muerto here in Oaxaca. Hilarious. We just walked to La Iglesia de Santo Domingo, which is a very popular church here in a square um, the inside is this it's really really beautiful inside so if you ever come out here make sure you go step inside so if you come at night they might have something projecting on the wall of the iglesia and they'll have all these vendors but right now it's very hot so Luis and I went during the day what are we doing now Luis? Oh my god so Brenda's dad uh, recommended this really cool little spot here right in front of the church and it's called Nieves Manolo and so what we did is we asked which were the most popular flavors, and these are the most popular flavors here. Uh, their signature ice cream, which is the Manolo, and then also their chocolate. I guess chocolate is super popular here in Oaxaca, right? There's like chocolate stands everywhere. Definitely, everywhere. And then also the other one was vainilla con romero, so which is vanilla and rosemary. Right? Mm, that's so. going to be great. And I'm having the um, pétalo de rosa, so rose petal sorbet. So let's let's give it a try, go, Luis. Go for it, go for okay, it, go I'm for having it. the the, the petals, uh, rose petals. A ver. Mm, mm. Is it good? It's very refreshing, and the, and the flavor is very subtle, very light. I love it. And it's pink, a nice, very faint pastel pink color. Muy delicioso. And Luis? Tú muy expert ahí con el paladar, and I don't know what else. So, uh, let's see. I'm going to try the chocolate one. Damn, that is really good. That is so good. I would almost choose this over the Carlos Quinto ice cream. Oh, my God. That's amazing. I'm going to try it. Carlos Quinto. Try it. Go for it. And then now we're going to try the, I think. Mm, oh, my God. That's, um, I think that's a Manolo. It tastes kind of like rompope. Ah. That's what it tastes like. Like eggnog. Yeah. Eggnog. Mm -hmm. And then I guess this is the uh, vainilla con romero. That is... I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> <laughs> so experiment them all. <laughs> try, try it. Try it. Mm, okay. You need to try it. I'm gonna try the rosemary and vanilla. Let me see. It looks like a like a very rich vanilla, like very yellow. Yeah. Mm. It's very bold. I like yeah. it. I like it. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I'm gonna try your um, petalos de rosa. Yeah, it's really your, good. Your rosa salvaje ice cream. Yeah. Wow, that's really good. Although I feel like I'm I'm, I'm uh, biting into like some sort of soap. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. How on sote. So I am super excited because we are in Ocotlan, Oaxaca. And so we're in the Mercado here, which is right by the Zócalo. And uh, we are in or at the Cocina de Frida Kahlo, which is 
known because the woman who serves the, the food here dresses and looks like Frida Kahlo. So you guys are going to see some pictures on our um, Facebook, Instagram, and we're about to try some of her delicious food. Uh, I ordered some enchiladas de mole. And what did you order, Brenda? I don't even know. What, what was that again? I'm going to ask my mom who's with us to remind me. No, I ordered the other one, almendrado, I think. So it's a, a mole of, made out of almendras, which is almonds, which should be really cool. And um, and uh, and it's going to be amazing. Producer Jeff is interviewing right now. I guess I'm holding the mic wrong. We'll pro- <laughs> Get it right. Anyways, uh, we'll describe the food that we're, that we're having here. Um, and the visuals would be better if you check out all our pictures later. But this is really amazing. The woman dresses like Frida every day. She looks beautiful. And that's how we first just, uh, stumbled upon it. Because we honestly were not coming here intentionally. We happened to be in Ocotlan. And then Luis recognized the woman, remembering that there's a lot of coverage about her looking like Frida. So right now I already got my... my Enchiladas de, de um, almendrado, everyone's reminding me, with chicken and um, queso. It's amazing. Cilantro, really big cilantro. Okay, I'm going to enjoy it. And um, we're going to continue to report from our Oaxaca trip. So we are finally about to end our trip in Oaxaca. Now we, getting to the close of our day. Yes, we did some uh, Dia de los Muertos stuff. We went to the cemetery, which was great. And now we are here sitting in El Zócalo about to have more food. More, more food. Yes. All we've done is stop and have food. Exactly. So we're at La Casa de la Abuela. We're about to have some great food here. Um, tell me, what, how has it, uh, blah, blah, blah. How has it been? Yeah. Well, um, one of the things we experienced getting here is that it was really difficult to find change for the cat. Yes. So we were talking about how... When, I don't know, many of you listeners probably get to... Some of you are fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go travel back home and if you live in a Latin American country. Where actually, my experience, I feel like it's every country does not have their bills correctly and that they always don't have change. Yeah, well, I think that also here in Oaxaca, um, I mean, when I travel to Mexico City, it's all, there's everybody takes credit card, and I feel like people have change. But here, for some reason, nobody has change, and the ATM machines only give you like 50 or 500 pesos. It's been a, ch- it's been a challenge. Something. Yeah, it has been a challenge. Actually, we're traveling with with Catherine, uh, Jeff's cousin Catherine, and she's had a hard time too, like with dealing with the lack of ATMs and some of the things that you miss when you when you're traveling and, and you're not back home. And the other, the, other, the other thing that we were mentioning or that we noticed is that we see a lot of tourists here, even more so than we see in Mexico City. So maybe Square needs to get on it and get out here. <laughs> to, get into, to get into Oaxaca so that people can access their money. Well, um, speaking about some of the gripes sometimes when we travel to Mexico, uh, one thing that happens, so Luis, you know I've been, I've been here in Mexico a few days before you yes. got here. You just got here today. And I got to go to Puebla where I visited my family. And I was telling my, my uncle He's like, what is this? What are you doing? What is this radio show for internet? I'm explaining to him what a podcast is, number one, and then explaining that, you know, it's my friend, we do it, it's Latino. And he was having a hard time wrapping his head around why we would have a Latino podcast in English. 
And uh, so, what did you tell him? Well, you know, I had to explain to him. You know what? This this the audience for our podcast is people like my co-host Luis and I. That uh, we do speak Spanish. Yes, it's possible for us to speak Spanish, but with people that uh, may not necessarily speak Spanish, but are still identifying or trying to identify with their Latino roots, and that's the vast majority of people our age in the United States. They're right. not the freshly arrived speak Spanish speaker. The freshly arrived Spanish speaker, if you look at the grand majority of them, they don't know what a podcast is. Maybe they don't even know how to read. I mean, this is the, this is we're talking to their kids. You know, that our audience is the kids of, of those folks, the millennials, the people that grew up in the States. So what did he say when you started explaining well, all of this? Did he understand it a little know, more? I think he was or? starting to understand it. And, I, and the thing is, I had to do this in Spanish. So it was very challenging for me to be able to speak passionately in Spanish. I did say it, but my, my co-host Luis could probably do it really good because <laughs> one of the qualities of, uh, that I really admire about you, Luis, is how, how bilingual you are. And we're, we're, here to, we're here at a restaurant, so we're getting our, our drinks served here. Yes, yeah, so those are for sharing. We're going to share those. Yeah. I'm speaking in English, and my, my American husband had to translate to Spanish to the waiters. <laughs> yes, so again, this is our travel podcast, so um, bear with our interruptions. Well, I think that one of the things that is uh, that, that we could have said to your uncle is, uh, is is the fact that, you know, while, yes, it's, it's, it's a Latino podcast, but we speak English because it's a Latino podcast for... You know, second generation for people for Latino who Latinos who grew up in the United States who speak the language and can still identify with the Latino culture, right? Yeah, and they may, may may or may not speak Spanish, but that doesn't make them any less connected to being Latino. Right. So, anyways, yeah, let me tell you a little bit, little bit more. Like, I think I got him to think a little bit. Um, I got, I got him to think a little bit more broadly, and maybe he'll listen to this podcast. And I know both of the, both of his children speak English. So the other thing that, that was interesting for him is he was like, well, you know, I, he was kind of pushing back when I was saying, you know, the vast majority of the people that are like you and I, you know, they might be more dominant in English. And he was like, no, 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 no. There's plenty of young people over there. Like, I have a niece. She speaks perfect English, and she she went she's in Stanford right now, and she speaks perfect English, and she speaks perfect Spanish. So this, this could be for her. Well, yeah, that's great, but that's that's not our audience. Our audience is the person that grew up in the states, not right. not the somebody that's great and immigrated as an adult and that speaks Spanish. The other the other thing he was kind of critical about is that her this person that I'm talking about, she's going to marry an American that she was able to speak she him's perfect Spanish. So he's upset that I haven't been able to be successful at teaching my husband perfect Spanish, but he speaks pretty decent Spanish. And again, I and again I'm not that I'm not dominant. I can speak Spanish decently, but that's not how I dominantly speak. So it's a, I'm, a, I'm, not a, I'm a different person, even though I'm the same age as this person he's describing. But anyways, I'm sure many of you listening here have had that experience where your um, your your um, your 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 family from the United States, from Mexico, when you come visit from the United States and you go to Mexico, they don't really quite understand why you've lost your Spanish, why why you might have adopted some new new costumbres. Yeah, there's so, a lot of things that they may not understand. I mean, this takes me back. Your uncle's um, experience or, or question takes me back to our, our podcast where we talk about how my dad didn't un- exactly how my dad didn't understand what you know why yearbooks were written on. Right? Exactly. So there's. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that uh, experience.
Camino, taking you on a journey with us to Oaxaca. Now, I left a little bit um, before Luis. What are some of the other things you got to do the rest of your time in Oaxaca, Luis? Well, dude, it was so awesome. I got to um, visit so many different pueblitos because, you know, I was there to try to get some embroidery work um, from the women who actually do this. But uh, there was one pueblo that I got to go to, which I was really honored because we got an invitation from, oh, yeah, what pueblo yes, was this? This was Mitla. And uh, we got an invitation from the Mera Mera Super Mama, the mom of the Super Mamas. Yeah. So if any of you have heard us, we've talked about the Super Mamas podcast, which is another amazing Latino podcast. And um, we've become really good friends with Bricia and Paulina of the of Super Mamas. And uh, through connecting with them, we've connected with their friends, including their mom. Yes. So their mom is a, is a fan of the Tamarindo podcast. And she reached out to us through, uh, Instagram, through Instagram to yeah. invite she, us to dinner. But I, I didn't have an opportunity to go, but Luis did. So how was that? Dude, it was so awesome. Like, Los Papas de la Super Mamas, they're so humble. They're amazing. And... Uh, you know, como todos los Latinos, creo, you know, we're all like very welcoming. It, it just felt like it was my aunt opening the doors to her house and saying, hey, come almorzar with us. You what know? did you eat? Oh, my God, dude. Uh, me hizo unas enfrijoladas. They were amazing. They were so amazing with like tasajo on it. But when I was when, when I arrived there, they greeted me with um, chocolate and a huge piece of bread, which I guess is, it's very custom to do this um, in, in, uh, in Oaxaca. And uh, which was really, really good. And then we, I, I ate. They had already eaten. Um, but you know what was great is I was able to talk to them. And, and like I said, I felt like I was a sobrino. You know, that's like the, the feeling that I got. And um, we just started talking and they were, they were saying that they listened to our show. So shout outs to uh, la, Los Papas de the Super Mamas. Over in um, Oaxaca. <laughs> over in Oaxaca and Mitla. Thank you so much for the invitation. Muchas gracias. And um, we started talking about their story on how, you know, La Guelaguetza came about and their story of coming out to the U.S. And, um, well, as a reminder to our guests, if you haven't heard it before on our show, Guelaguetza is this wonderful Oaxacan restaurant in Koreatown, of all places. Yes. <laughs> the building is actually like a Korean-styled building, but yes. it's beautiful. They've, it's a great place. If you're ever ever in L.A., you must visit there. And so this restaurant, uh, Gelaguetza, was started by this family, the, these parents who you yes. got to go see. And then once it got pretty successful, the, the the children who are, you know, not children, they're adults, they now run the restaurant and have has done a lot of great spin-off businesses, including I Love Micheladas and then the Super Mamas podcast. Just amazing, amazing Their mole family. brand as well, yes. Yeah, you can buy the mole. So all this, you know, great, amazing family. And you were able to go with to the source of it, which is the parents in Oaxaca. In, in their hometown. And it was just so amazing and so inspiring to hear their story and, and you know, the struggle that is that is very familiar to a lot of people that come to this country, you know, as, as immigrants um, or to pursue a better life. Um, so it was really inspiring. And, and I'm grateful for that opportunity um, because they're genius people in their own right. And um and so, yeah, and the food was amazing. So that Very was awesome. Cool. But the other thing, too, that it was super, super cool is that, you know, la, la mamá de, de Brisa y Paulina, um, la señora María, she, they do listen to our podcast. They do because they were talking about, oh, I remember this episode and I oh remember God, that. I and it. I was like, yeah, I, I was, I guess that's what it feels like 
for like a celebrity to get recognized? I don't know. Oh, you know? Calmate, calmate. Well, that's what I, that's how I felt. That's how I felt. <laughs> you know, somebody that actually listens. Um, but uh, the other funny thing is that, like, you know how we have now, thanks to the Tortilla Factory, we have our own stickers. Very cool, our own stickers that you can send chanclazos to your friends. Is guess who is sending chanclazos and matracas? Yen. To her kids. La mamá. Yes, she downloaded the <laughs> app, which was amazing. It was that so cool. That is so cool. What a hip mom. She's like She's all so plugged hip. in. Oh, my God. Both of them. They're I super hip. I love it. Okay. Well, that's that's amazing. What a, what a great experience. And I hope that you all listeners feel a little bit more comfortable traveling to Mexico. I think it, it has a bad reputation. Sí, por favor. It was great. I had so much fun. I highly recommend doing the Dia de los Muertos. It was such a good experience. And... Uh, we would love to hear your feedback. What did you think of the, this travel episode? If you thought it was cool, we might we might want to do a few more of yeah. these. But we want to know. You got to let us know. So send us an email, tamarindopodcast at gmail.com, tamarindopodcast at gmail.com. Uh, yes. Follow us on all the everything. <laughs> and uh, we hope to see you later. I'm going to tell you to ponte un suerte. Do you know how to support the Tamarindo podcast? By listening? Duh. Yeah. But what if you uh, haven't figured out how to listen to a podcast? Then they should go on our Instagram and figure it out. That's right. Because you, <laughs> you made a video. It shows you all the steps to, to find the Tamarindo podcast. What if you're with a friend and you know they would like the Tamarindo podcast, but they don't listen to podcasts? What can you do? Then they can pull their credit card out and give us some money. No, I'm saying, well, that's one way. You could definitely support the way money. But take that person's phone and upload the Tamarindo the podcast for them. Yes. Super easy. We want you to tell your friends about Tamarindo. And if you don't have any money to give us on our GoFundMe, which we accept donations. If you don't have money for that, but you also have time. Also known as Tacos. Go, go my Tacos. If you, if you have a little bit of time, just take two minutes and give us a review on iTunes. It helps other people find our podcast we are totally independent we yes. don't have any big media behind us although we'll welcome yes. it <laughs> so help us be seen and tell someone about the Tamarindo podcast Are you ready to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our start up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. 
No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify Single Dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro. 